0: you're listening to no filler the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records my name is travis with me as always is my brother quentin q what's going on brother
1: oh just fighting this cold just came out of nowhere yesterday and i'm little hopped up on the nyquil my friend so apologies if i'm a little loopy or if my voice sounds like yes
0: hey man loopy equals entertaining (laughs) i guess so well i'm the opposite of loopy dude because as you know we have a very sick cat on our hands over here
1: yeah and you know what some of our listeners might know who you're talking about because she's popped up in a few of our episodes that's right
0: she actually jumped right into my lap and meowed right into the
1: microphone on like right episode into the one. Microphone. Yeah, dude. So there you go. I'm sorry, man.
0: Yeah. You know, she's like 14, 15, so it's about that time. Yeah. But you can, if well, you hear, if you listen closely, you might be able to hear my other cat meowing right now. So there you go. We have a backup. <laughs> dude, don't let Kara hear you say that. Oh, she's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So, last week, we covered, I guess our last main episode, we talked about Animal Collective, right? Indeed. Which is kind of experimental. Um, They just kind of, you know, they they experiment with sounds mostly, right? The way that they mix and sample in sounds. So, it's kind of a, a good transition I would say to someone like Eamon Tobin who uh, we are talking about today who is a Brazilian drum and bass down tempo
1: I guess I wouldn't really call him down tempo though
0: drum and bass trip hop
1: electronic artist I'd say emphasis on the drum dude that's one of my favorite things about Eamon Tobin is his his drum beats are just fucking sick
0: man yeah and as you heard from our our intro song there which is called bitter and twisted uh very heavy on the drum and bass stuff so the album we're talking about came out in 1997 it's called bricolage and it is his first album under the name eamon tobin which is his birth name a shortened version of his birth name uh but before that, he uh, was known as Cujo, and he came out with uh, an EP um, under Cujo called "Adventures in Foam," and that came also
1: out. a really, really kick-ass record. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And that came out in 1996. But I'm gonna stop right there before we go too far into him, and uh, let's do our what you heards for the
1: week. So Q what you heard lately I thought this would be a good what you heard for Eamon Tobin uh, it's a guy his name is will Holland he goes by Quantic and I feel like this so this artist and this song in particular might be truly the first quote down tempo song um, that I've first fell in love with that kind of got me interested in the genre. Did you listen uh, you know, to, to, to
0: to this guy before you had discovered Tosca?
1: I was going to say probably around the same time, yeah. but I remember uh, listening to this song. It must have been through Pandora, and it was back when I lived in your apartment, brother, and when I was crashing on your on your floor.
0: Yeah, we listened to a uh, lot of bow together. Yes, and even we even tried making a couple of downtipo tracks, if you remember very true uh i wish we still had that but we don't
1: yeah yeah so this is a dj and uh producer again he goes by quantic and uh his very first full-length album is called the fifth exotic came out in 2001 and uh the song i'm going to share with y'all is called time is the enemy
0: that's a to me it's a classic just because like i don't know i probably heard that for the first time like i don't know a decade ago is that is that is that accurate (laughs) dude was it a decade ago Uh, it had to have been
1: yeah yeah dude
0: so true story i put this album on uh in the car on like the second date with my wife and uh she was so impressed with it you know, she was like, "Wow, this guy really listens to cool music." <laughs> yeah, we actually connected on uh, Bonobo because I I listed Bonobo in my dating profile, and mm-hmm. like she had had that on her dating profile. So, so there you go, Q. Oh,
1: uh, you guys met through online dating, and so cute. <laughs> 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 okay, so, you, well, you and your wife, you guys were. What, drawn, drawn blood together or something like that from an, a dog? We need more context than that, dude. We weren't just drawing blood on a dog randomly in the streets. We're not vampires, okay? That was the joke I was trying to make. Yeah, I know, dude. Yes, we met in vet tech school. There you go. But hey, dude, I would have resorted to the online dating.
0: Resorted? I, I like how you say resorted. <laughs> I would have I would have stooped to that level if I waited longer.
1: No, nah, long. everyone meets online now. I get it. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. I was just, you know, ahead of the curve, you know. Sure. So anyway, my uh what you heard for the week is along the same vein. And man, this one's a doozy, dude. So get ready. Um this what's guy a Doozy, dude? What's that? What what's a doozy, dude? Man, dude. <laughs> You are hopped up on goop balls. <laughs> so, uh, something that I, I usually do before we record a podcast is listen to, I mean, you do the same thing. We listen to the same, whatever genre the artist is. I try to like dig into that genre and kind of listen to it, you know, and just kind of immerse myself in it for a week, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I stumbled upon a article, um, that was talking about the 50... This was a uh, by F- Fact Magazine. Uh, they were talking about the 50 best trip-hop albums of all time. And they put... They put um, Bricolage as number 23, which is the album we're talking about today. Uh, but they also had... So, so accompanying this article, they had a Spotify playlist that had a song from each of these artists. So, you know, perfect. I just... Hit shuffle. I worked the other day and was just kind of listening to some trip hop stuff, and this got this song came up on it. Uh, so DJ Cam he is a French DJ uh, rooted in hip hop, which is kind of where trip hop obviously stems from hip hop, right? And he kind of combines very much like Tobin, he combines a lot of jazz and dub and ambient samples into his music. So anyway, um, Fact Magazine lists this album. It's called Abstract Manifesto as number nine. So pretty high on their list. And um, as they say, capable of, he is capable of weaving together abstract, blunted beats with finesse. Uh, and um, No Competition remains one of his best competitions to date and a staple of sets from the era. Hey, dude,
1: you just said no competition is his best competition to date. Is that, is that, is that, is that? <laughs> that's what you said, bro. Well, I
0: meant to say composition, okay? I know it. I know so, that. we're going to listen to that track right now. Again, this is called No Competition by DJ Cam. One of his best Compositions. Yeah, that's right. If he was in a competition, he would win for best composition with this track no competition okay came out in 1996 on an album called Abstract Manifesto here we go this is going to be a lengthy clip but uh, it's worth it here we go
1: Yeah, so... 96? Whew! 96.
0: So that's like, that's got trip-hop just all over it, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of trip-hop would sort of sample in hip-hop records, right? So you heard a little bit of that in the, in the beginning of that clip. But I think the thing, and Q, I know you'll agree with me, what draws me to down-tempo, we probably talked about this on the Tosca episode, is, and the same with, with trip-hop, is the jazz samples. Yeah. That's what does it for me. It just, it takes, you know, it it takes the stuff from jazz that I like and, and puts a killer beat behind it.
1: Yeah. And it rearranges it in a really unique way. But yeah, like you said, all the things that, that we love about jazz is, is what these artists pull from it. Yes. Um, Cause there's dude, I mean, there's some jazz out there that I can't even listen to, man. Oh yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, so you know, a lot of times they sample in, you know, older jazz records. Yeah. Um, and that's what I appreciate about it. And that's what I love about it. And I think that's a perfect segue. That song, that song itself is a is a great segue into Amen Tobin. Hell yeah. Uh, very very similar sounds. So let, let's go back. A little bit here because I was talking about adventures in foam.
1: Was that legitimately one um, LP? Because that that's a long ass record, man.
0: Well, yeah, okay. So, so basically, he had a, a he had a series of compositions that he released on twelve inch vinyl, yeah, and then okay. uh, he took a bunch of those tracks and put them into adventures in foam. So it's kind of a compilation album. Gotcha. Um, but anyway. So that was a limited release. Came out in '96, same year that, that that DJ Cam record came out, and he only had it only had five thousand copies. So around that time, Ninja Tune, which was you know this growing label in the UK, yeah, some of the early artists that they had on that record were uh, those like DJ Food, Funky Porcini, The Herbalizer, Cold Cut. Do any of those names sound familiar to you, Q?
1: Funky Porcini, yeah.
0: So, yeah, Funky Porcini is another great one, and he's on this list. DJ, I'm pretty sure all of those guys are on this list from, yeah, DJ Foods on here, Funky Porcini, Herbalizer. Yeah, so all these guys, even Cold Cut. These are all, you know, the heavy hitters in, in Trip hop. So, anyway, DJ Food and Funky Porcini noticed, stumbled upon... Uh, Adventures in Foam, and and basically prompted Ninja Tune to reach out to Tobin. Nice. So these guys, these heavy hitters, were super impressed by Tobin's music. They were like, "Hey, we got to get this guy on the label." In late '96, they they signed him to Ninja Tune, under under the name Eamon Tobin. So basically, he comes out with Adventures in Foam in '96. Heavy hitters listen to him. And then he gets signed on a Ninja Tune. And the next year he comes out with Bricolage, which is what we're talking about today. So Bricolage, I think, was the first album of his that I that I listened to. And unlike maybe some of the other stuff in that genre of trip-hop, there's something different about Amon Tobin's, uh, the way he approaches mixing these, these songs together. I don't know what it is about him, but I feel like every song that he has put out has such a mood and like atmosphere to it. You know,
1: one thing I noticed, dude, he only ever samples upright basses. His bass lines are always upright bass. Really? Yeah, and that that you know lends to a certain mood just in itself with with that well with that sound.
0: I guess that's probably for his first three records, that's probably true.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know about about his his later stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, by the time you get to Foley Room, which is in 2007, literally every sound on that record is a manipulated field recording. Okay. Including the bass, right? Okay. Yeah, I think he kind of, like his classic albums, the albums that put him on the map are Bricolage, Permutation, and Super Modified.
1: I love Permutation, too. That was one I was leaning towards covering on this on this podcast.
0: Dude, I, what I like about Permutation, the first song you hear on that record, Like Regular Chickens, has a sample from Eraserhead, that oh, movie. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and he actually is a big fan of... David Lynch. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, some of you, if you've ever played a game called Splinter Cell... And you played Chaos Theory, which was the third Splinter Cell game. Came out in 2005. Then you have heard Eamon Tobin's music. You may not have realized it, but Eamon Tobin, he came up with the music for that video game. And uh, it was kind of a groundbreaking thing at the time. Uh, for a, you know, now nowadays, you know, video game scores are just as good, if not better, than movie scores a lot of times. But prior to to that time, you know, yeah, you had stuff like, you know, a lot of people always talk about the Final Fantasy scores as being really, uh, you know, amazing and incredible. And then, you know, there's like the Halo 2 soundtrack that came out earlier than that. But it's all very cinematic and like orchestrated and stuff, right? You know, like a, more what you would think of when you think of like a thematic movie score. But with Tobin's work on Splinter Cell, it's... It's just it's it's Tobin doing Tobin, but it's like like a score, you know, it's more it's down tempo in a video game. Like how cool is that, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting about the way he approached it, you know, with when you're playing a video game and you're you know, there are certain like things that happen in each level during a during the span of a level, right? Like you might be especially with Splinter Cell, there's moments where you're sneaking around, right? And then there's moments where, you know, like one of the enemies has been alerted And you're kind of running and trying to to find cover, right? So for each song, uh, Tobin breaks it into four distinct but similar parts based on the level of intensity. So how cool is that, right?
1: That's the record that I
0: found at that record store in Houston, dude. Yeah, dude, you dropped it. I dropped a lot 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 of of money for that one. I dropped a few bucks for that. But (laughs) it's something I've been looking for for a long time. So anyway. All of that aside, let's let's get back to bricolage because that is what we're talking about today. So, let's just go right into the first track. Um, bricolage, again, this came out in 1997. And this first song I'm going to play for you, interestingly enough, you can't find it on iTunes. It's not on Spotify. It's been taken off of all of the streaming networks. My hunch is because it was recently used in a Lincoln car commercial so if you remember uh, those commercials that featured Matthew McConaughey in it he's driving a Lincoln well you might recognize this song anyway this is one of my favorite tracks of Tobin's it's called Easy Muffin So Q, what is the imagery that comes up in your head when you hear this song?
1: So for most Eamon Tobin songs, it just puts me in like the city at night. Yep. Uh, with And this is like maybe after uh, some rainfall. So yep. the street's all wet. So, you know, the street lights are reflecting off the ground. <laughs> you know, maybe some smoke coming up from the sewer. Dude, Just yeah. a classic cityscape. Yep. At night. Yeah, same in Tobin's this music is, for
0: me. This might be the the, the one time where I've 100% agreed with you on the imagery that comes up, but I, yeah, I just you know I, that's just what that's the the feeling and like the mood and the atmosphere like, that uh, this music makes like you think that of f- film noir. Yes, right, exactly. And we've talked about that. I think we talked about that on the to, on the Tosca episode. I think for some reason, down tempo just pulls up imagery like that. So, Q, what do you think, Pitchfork? Rated this album?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say
0: hmm, seven or higher. Ten out of ten. Wow! Now, the only reason <laughs> the only reason <laughs> I bring it up is because the guy who reviewed it when he he listened to it while he was driving at night in Chicago. Wow. Okay. So basically, he's talking about the first track and how it kind of threw him off guard, and he goes, "That's when the unmistakably jazz rhythm set." came in with a knife to our throats. The string bass pounded at the volume of 10, the saxophone smoothly keeping the cool and the beat of Chicago dead ahead. So there you go. Nice. So something about cityscapes and and driving around at night that's what that's what this music is all about. And that's true for a lot of a lot of these songs I think. but yeah I, there's something about that song in particular. It's just so smooth, man. Yeah. and you know the sa- the subtle saxophone sample that gets kind of, that kind of gets thrown in there it's just great man I love it yeah let's move along to, to track I think it's the very next track on the album so that would be track
1: number three now that depends on if you if you uh, are playing this that's a good point Q uh, on CD or streaming it or if you've got the actual LP because the order is completely different on the LP
0: that's true um Either way, this track is called Yesawas, or Yesawas. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> hey, were you, uh, were you playing? Were
1: you, were you at the arcade yesterday? Yes, I was.
0: <laughs> there you go. Maybe. So this is this is Yes I was. just something about this music man it just exudes like cool you know cool it's just it's dark it's moody yeah it's
1: it's dark dude
0: but it's got it's got almost this especially with this track that kind of like almost like kind of like this off kilter kind of like yeah it's almost like you're you know kind of like this uneven like you kind of your balance you're losing your balance a little bit almost like you know if, if you were to try to Think of like a scene in a movie or something like that. This could be like, you know, somebody just walked out of like a, uh, like a, you know, they're in like a, a haze or something like that. They just walked out of a, a, a bar after tossing back a few or something like that. Or some sort of drug,
1: drug binge or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? A drug fueled night on the town.
0: Exactly. And it has to be at night, obviously. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah. It's, like a, it's uh, like a fever dream or something. Yeah.
0: But, uh, there's just so many things, so many samples. The drums, like you were saying to me uh, while the song mm-hmm. was playing, uh, you know, I, that's not a real drum beat, obviously. It's it's sampled right. and manipulated, but it works perfectly. Like it's, it, And what's interesting about it is, like, it, it'll go in these really fast, like, sped-up moments, and then it kind of circles back to this kind of more slow, standard drum beat. And that's kind of, you know, contributes to that, that vibe of the song where it's just kind of like... You're kind of, it's kind of flowing, you know, in and out from these, these different tempos. And dude,
1: uh, what's that? You know what I just read? This is pretty fucking cool. Didn't know this. Um, the album art for Bricolage. collage.
0: Oh, I was about to tell you that, dude. I was saving that for later.
1: Uh, yeah. So it's part of Alexander Lieberman's sculpture that that's called Olympic, uh, Iliad. And it's located at the base of the Space Needle in Seattle. I have seen this sculpture, dude.
0: There you go, man. You should next time you're there, you should try to like find the exact angle. Yeah, that's fucking cool, dude. Yeah. So neat, you neat. Know. So yeah, here's another interesting thing about Amon Tobin. We've mentioned this before when we talked about Kings of Convenience, and I want to say when we talked about another group as well. But he does not have any formal training in music theory. Oh, he does not that. come from a music family. Uh, basically. I mean, and that's, that's impressive to me because anytime you're dealing in my, in, well, not in my opinion, but jazz, right? Jazz is a very complicated thing, thing to master. Yeah. So it's not like he is composing jazz music, but he, you have to know, uh, when you're listening to jazz records what to pull in and if it'll work together with the with bass lines and the drum beat and the saxophone and this and that and what's interesting is his first three albums uh, all of the sound sources that he pulled together to produce this music came from his personal collection of vinyl records oh that's cool yeah so that Damn. is cool so anyway yeah so as as you can hear most of his music uh focuses on break beats from jazz and blues and kind of taking those and putting them into more complex patterns and stuff and that's kind of what what he was kind of known for is like what what he would do with his with his samples more so than most trip hop artists from that time um like i said I, i've always kind of put him in a, his own he's kind of over here on his own you know Yeah. He is very unique. So we're just breezing right along here, Q. I got one more track for you. This one is called Defocus. And let's see if this kind of follows the same pattern as far as the vibes that it's putting out. I have a feeling it will. Let's find out. doesn't get any cooler than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's kind of underselling it a little bit. But, um, yeah, you know, I feel like there's just something about the 90s, um, sort of this underground um, trip hop and, like, down-tempo scene. Like, I feel like it goes right along the same line of as, like, movies like Fight Club or, like, uh, oh yeah you know seven remember that movie Seven? Oh yeah they all had these sort of dark this sort of uh, noir vibe to them and I feel like music like this uh, was like the perfect companion to it and I know that a lot of a lot of uh, those types of artists were featured on those movies you know
1: on those movies with Brad Pitt
0: what's that yeah basically <laughs> right that's funny <laughs> Yeah right. Yeah. Uh, what's that other one? Um,
1: Ocean's Eleven. Well yeah,
0: yeah. You know you got they, your they had all some your down tempo, your your heist movies. Yeah, Ocean's yeah. Eleven definitely had a lot of uh, a lot of down tempo in it. So yeah, um, I just feel like there was something about the '90s uh, that that this kind of music was, especially like if you go through that that top top fifty trip hop. I mean, it's all from the '90s. That's just that was when this yeah. stuff was being made. You know. Yeah. it seems kind of like it was an underground thing you know and a lot of people credit Massive Attack and Portishead as kind of being oh yeah kind of where that originated from so yeah if you like jazz and you like hip hop this is the perfect marriage of that stuff man dig deep into into this this genre it's just it's got so many great gems in it you know and this is just one of those albums you could put on and just push play you know, get in your car and drive around at night. Go go drive around the city and just have this stuff playing out in the background, man.
1: It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect for that.
0: All right. So that's it, man. That was a quick look. I feel like that was, this is going to be a short episode, I feel like.
1: That's okay. Yeah, you know why, dude? I mean, you know, you, you get a good idea of, of each track with one clip. You know, most of our episodes, we have a couple clips at least. Yeah, and you know.
0: There's no lyrics here so there's there's really no diving into lyrics like we did with the Fleet Foxes episode. It's just a lo- it's just basically this killer trip hop record, man. I think a lot of it and this just happens whenever whenever you listen to or whenever I'm listening to something instrumental like there's no imagery being offered up to you through lyrics or anything. So right. You just sort of figure out the movie that you uh that, the at least I always I figured out the the, the scene in, in the movie that this is going to be a soundtrack to, you know? Yeah. And for Eamon Tobin, it's, it's you know, those movies that we talked about, those types of scenes. Uh, and it just, it just has that really kind of dark, moody, but still kind of like a really cool kind of vibe to it, you know? Yeah, like the heist movie. Vibe. Yeah, heist movies. Yeah. Or movies like, you know, the noir stuff. So anyway,
1: that's that, man. So, for the outro. But before we wrap up, um, I think we need to give a proper shout-out to the Animal Collective community on Reddit. So, we like to post our links to our episodes on the uh, subreddits of the artists that we cover, just to, you know, hopefully, to get some, some fans of the artists to check out our episodes and what we really hope to get out of it is um maybe some dialogue you know with with some some redditors some some music fans and uh shit dude the animal collective subreddit delivered man um did you get a chance to read some of the some of the comments
0: yeah man i mean they really uh, uh, you know they gave the kind of like back and forth and like feedback that we kind of were hoping for when we launched this podcast really yes
1: well, of course, we'll call us
0: out on our, you know, call us out on our mistakes. Yep. Uh, and
1: yeah. And start a discussion on, on the music that we love, dude. That's what this is all yeah, about. Yeah, Exactly.
0: Continue. Basically continue where we leave off on the episode. Yes. Tell us what you like about the, the record yeah. or the artist that we talked about. Tell us where we, you think we were wrong,
1: you know? Yep. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to actually call out this person by name. Um, but one of, one of the, uh, Redditors on here kind of called me out, um, on something that I had wrong about, um, well, for one, I kind of just, uh, uh, you know, I, I, t- I talked about, uh, what Noah Linux and, uh, AV bring to animal collective. Um, and then I kind of just threw Deacon and, uh, geologist, I just kind of lumped them in as like, yeah, oh, they do this and that they, they, you know, they make the other sounds for the band. I didn't really go into detail. Uh, well, this guy on, on Reddit kind of went, went into a little bit more detail for me. Uh, he goes, um, so Deacon, uh, does mainly guitar work for animal collective geologist, mainly deals with the samples, uh, and Panda bear actually does do rhythm sometimes as well. Uh, he does play the drum kit in at shows sometimes, um, and then he goes on to say that Deacon wasn't around for Meriwether Post Pavilion And it's claimed that his absence Is a reason as to why the album Sounded so different Now that's interesting to me dude Um You wouldn't think that That some, I I don't know Like just listening to Meriwether It is so different And some people are thinking that it might be because Deacon wasn't around For it Um I don't know why I just yeah. never thought of him as as a as a, a big part of their sound. I don't know I don't know why that. I always just thought, think of just Panda Bear and A.B. Ter as the two you know main um, musicians of the band. You know, like right, right. Yeah. Um, he says last thing was that the name of the band Animal Collective was used for the Sung Tongs album more because of their idea of allowing certain members to drop off albums here and there. And allowing them to come back for others, and still keeping the animal collective name. Uh, so I, I had thought that, or well, rather I had read um, somewhere that it was more label, like a record label kind of pressure, that kind of pressured them into to keeping it under the animal collective name. Um, but he points out that they weren't even really signed to a major record label at that time, anyways. Um, so, you know, it's funny, dude. Why not?
0: You know, it's funny, man.
1: What if that guy's wrong? <laughs> you no, know, I know.
0: I know, dude. But no, uh, you know, I have no reason not to believe him. Yeah. That's what, uh, the you know, the internet it's all about, dude. If somebody says something that sounds uh, right, and, you know, you just kind of believe him. And keep on moving with your life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Other people were kind of, uh, there's some conversations starting about, about whether or not college is, is legitimately a song or if it's just filler which is great well that's what i was asking yeah you, dude. yeah so but
0: i think we played it because you know we played it for that reason right because it's so um not a song right i
1: mean it's like so one it just sounds like it's just them messing around one person it. here says um if you see them perform live college is arguably the centerpiece of the whole set so now you saw them play that well, I saw them play Sung Tongs in its entirety, but right. So you saw College, of course, because they played the entire album. But this guy's saying even you know even in their and their um, regular live shows where they're just playing songs from this album or that, sure. they will always yeah. play College um, because it's it's a song that that so many of their fans love, which is so interesting to me because like you know right. it's a fifty three second, it's not a song. It's not <laughs> right, exactly. But um, yeah, it's it's just something. And someone else says, I concur with this statement. Absolutely, it was definitely a focal point of their show in Denver. Truly, a magical experience. Interesting.
0: <laughs> so there you go, man. So yeah, uh, you know, like he, like you said, shout out to them. Yes, uh, they gave us the uh, the feedback that we were hoping for, the community that we were hoping for.
1: Yes, they they helped us set the record straight. So thank you. Yeah, that's right.
0: So anyway, we're going to do the same, obviously, for this episode. So we're gonna we'll post this on the Eamon Tobin Reddit, maybe even the Trip Hop Reddit, and uh, you know we encourage you to go on there and start a conversation with us, you know, or if you're not if you don't like Reddit, give us a comment on SoundCloud, uh, give us a rating on iTunes.
1: Yes, we want to hear from you.
0: So there you go. So anyway, the artists that we're closing out with today is uh her name is Jao Gilberto. Actually, I'm sorry.
1: It's his daughter. Uh Bebel Gilberto. Of Gitson Gilberto fame, right?
2: Of yeah,
0: exactly of, of Gitson Gilberto fame. Oh
1: yeah. Girl from Mimpanina.
0: That's right. So her dad was was Jow Gilberto. Um oddly enough, she is not the daughter of Astrud Gilberto who sang on that record. But um anyway, So, she actually uh, pretty much just uses uh, the Eamon Tobin song, Nova, as the sort of backing track for this song that was on a 2000 record called Tanto Tempo, which is an electronic Bossa Nova record. So, uh, Tobin collaborated with her on this one track, and... As far as I can tell, it's literally just Nova as the backing track, like I said.
1: Yeah. Cool. But anyway,
0: Nova came out on uh, the 1998 release Permutation, which was Eamon Tobin's second album. But either way, I think it's kind of cool to hear that song uh, have some vocals on top of it. So, anyway, that'll do it. Uh, like we said. You can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. Or you can just go to our website, nofillerpodcast.com. Uh, and uh, that's it. Next week, we'll talk about, uh, well, our next, I guess our next full length album, full length episode in a couple weeks will be
1: on uh, the album. Uh, what are they called? Can. Can, yeah. Uh, German uh, experimental rock band. Um, yeah dude yeah, I'm excited dude I'm, I'm pumped man
0: yeah and until then uh, we'll have a sidetrack episode out for you next week uh, likely with another trip hopper down tempo artist uh, so anyway that's it my name is Travis and I'm Quentin
2: bye bye
1: É melhor ser alegre que ser triste Alegria é melhor coisa que existe É assim como a luz no coração Mas pra fazer um samba com beleza É preciso um bocado de tristeza É preciso um bocado de tristeza Se não se faz um samba Fazer samba não é contar piada E quem faz samba assim não é de nada o bom samba é uma forma de oração Crackers, napkins,
2: Clorox disinfecting bleach, check. Now, roses, uh, what if they wilt? Attention, shoppers. Clorox disinfecting bleach is a great way to keep flowers fresh for longer. It'll even
0: work for that uh, ink stain on your shirt. Ah, not again. Clean anything with the versatile Clorox disinfecting bleach. Discover more hacks at Clorox.com learn.